Hey guys, this is Melissa D. And we are creating, I'm sorry, not creating, but continuing <laughs> the conversation of tales from motherhood. Mm. God, I'm so grateful. I am just so grateful. First off, I just want to thank you so much for the opportunity to meet this person that I am getting ready to interview. I, I'm just so grateful that you gave me the nudge to reach out to a complete stranger and gave me the nudge to invite her on this platform. But more importantly, God, you gave her the heart to do it. And uh, I'm thankful, I'm thankful, I'm thankful. And God, I ask that you go before us before we start recording and you clear up all of our nervousness and you clear up anything that is not like you, God. Let your will be done. Let your will be done. And let, not even my own conviction to what anything is supposed to sound like, look like, just let your will be done. Wow. I felt led to pray just now. And that's big because when I met this person and I'm going to get ready to interview her, it started off with the nudge. I was on my coaching program. I remember signing into the tech call late and seeing a website of postpartum on there. And the tech coach was just coaching her through it. And I just felt the nudge of letting her know, don't quit. I don't care what you have to do. Do not quit because I needed this when I was going through mine. And uh, I'm so grateful that she received it. I cannot wait to introduce you to the woman that I met three weeks ago. And you would I wouldn't even think that I met her three weeks ago. It feels like I've known her a lifetime. And that, and it's so genuine. And it's so honest. And it's so rewarding to have the honor of speaking to this woman. I've met in this Purpose to Platform program that I am doing with Patrice Washington. Man. Mm-mm-mm. I can't believe I've only known her for three weeks. It feels <laughs> like I've known her for like ever. Am I right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I was thinking like, the same thing. Like, this is kind of different. <laughs> I know. I'm like not used to it either, but we only known each other for three weeks and we speak almost like every day. Yeah. And it's really thought provoking, good conversation that it's like needed. Like stuff you tell me, I'm like, ooh. I needed to hear that. It was your encouragement, first of all, that did it for me. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> You're like this old soul, like Harriet Tubman type of soul that has wisdom. Oh, I love it. Oh, that is a compliment. <laughs> but yes, this is the woman that I want to introduce you to. Miss Karen Flores. And I appreciate that compliment because I was told I was an old soul all of my life. And I was like, it would make me cringe when people say it. But now I embrace it. <laughs> So thank you. It. Of course. Thank you. Wow. Karen, yeah. how are you? I am doing well. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for this opportunity to just share, just like girl talk. Now, Mama really. Talk. <laughs> Mama talk. That's it. I like that. Right? I got a ring to it. Mama talk. No, right? thank you for saying yes. Thank you for saying yes. I actually want to start it off with how we met. Okay. <laughs> 
Do you remember? I remember from my end mm-hmm. being on the tech call and seeing your website mm-hmm. uh, and feeling this nudge to just reach out to you. Like, whatever you do, don't quit. Right. Don't oh, quit. wow. I remember getting that text that said that very same thing. But it hit me in a way that, you know, when you get an answered prayer, it was like that, you know, mm-hmm. that feeling like, wow. He listened to me. <laughs> he heard me. Because <laughs> I was having a day, man. I was in one of those moments when I was thinking, oh, this is hard. Do I really want to do this now? There's so much going on. I'm not working. And I've got all this commitment. I'm trying to find work. I'm switching careers. You know, I'm transitioning in such a big way. But when I got that text, and it said, because, let me see if I can get it right. I'll paraphrase. But it was basically, whatever you do, you need to be here. Walk, crawl, crawl or walk, however you need to do it, but you need to be here. Get here, get to these calls. And man, it made tears come to my eyes because I didn't realize how bogged down I was with my current circumstances that I was actually thinking of quitting, even though I know this work is what God has meant for me to do for a long time. And I've ignored it, but this time mm-hmm. I'm like front and center. I'm going to do it however it takes. And those words walk, you know, crawl or walk, however you get there, do it. That's what I've been saying to myself inwardly. Like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I got to do it. So when I heard that it was like confirmation and, um, Confirmation, rapid encouragement that I needed so bad that day. So thank you. No, you're welcome. And thank you for receiving it. And guys, just to catch you up, because again, this is mama talk. (laughs) This amazing woman decided to create a program. Uh, More than a program. I feel like I don't even want to put a label on it because it's more than just a program. Um, She has her business. And if I butcher the name, please have the audacity to correct me. <laughs> <Of course. laughs> Postpartum depression exposed. Absolutely. It's going to be a movement. It is a movement. It is a so movement. so much that we need to do. It is a movement. And when I got on the tech call, all I saw was the website. But the moment, what happened was I just remembered what I experienced after having my son mm-hmm. and just like remembering what I needed. So when I saw that, and I saw her concerns, and I know what sometimes concerns can lead to. I just was like, please don't quit. Please don't. Like, I actually needed something like this when I was experiencing what I now know as postpartum, and now I'm comfortable about talking about. But, girl, mm-hmm. if you gotta crawl, <laughs> crawl. <laughs> if you gotta walk, if you gotta rest, just whatever you do, don't quit. Don't quit. And thank you for receiving that, too, because sometimes somebody uh, can reach out to you and it would be, a you know, encouragement. Or, but if you're not ready to receive it, you can reject it. So I really do appreciate you receiving that, too. Girl, it was an answered prayer, literally. It was what I needed at that moment. And that's how on time God has been, you know, even when it doesn't seem like it, he's always here. He's on time. And that was the best thing that I could have received from you was just encouragement 
we were strangers, but it was the God in both of us that, you know, spoke, right? Sure did. obedience is better than sacrifice okay let's not complaining (laughs) (laughs) that was a word right there obedience (laughs) and that's what our conversations be like on the regular obedience of a sacrifice you know i'm gonna write this on my journal (laughs) (laughs) because there's just so much that we want to do within ourselves like our flesh wants to say if it if it's complicated we're not gonna do it Mm-hmm. If it's but we make it complicated most times, you know, because we want to see the whole um, end result before we even start, and we can't. God doesn't work like that. And I'm just now learning that. And with you saying crawl, walk, or run, do it anyway, however you got to do it, that's those steps, right? Right. And so it just made me stop and go, okay, okay, it's not going to be easy necessarily, but. It might be easier than I'm thinking, but mm. I got to do it regardless of how I feel right now. And that made me realize that I, that it might not be something that I can just throw together like I do with everything else. Because I generally rush through everything that I do because of mom guilt. We'll probably talk about that some more later. Mm. So I had to step back and just go, okay, well, this is God's project. And thank God for um, our coach, Capri, who always emphasizes the fact that God already has it already, it's already out there. And we just have to walk it through. But it's his timing. We surrender to him and it's his timing. And it's his timing. I want to get into getting my audience to get to know you a little more. <laughs> For real. I don't want, I want them to know the woman behind the movement. So I'm okay. going to start off with asking a question. And I really don't do interviews, so. Please. Okay. Once it starts feeling like one, it's like, uh-uh, okay? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> okay. But who is Karen Flores? Wow. How much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Karen Flores. Wow. Child of God, servant, mm. servant heart, mother... That's the biggest part. Um, friend, mm. confidant, daughter. I just love God's people, you know? So it's hard to just, I'm not to say my mom and my cousin, my auntie, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but I love people, you know what I mean? And I love reaching out. And I love connecting with people. I love things like Sunday dinner, just stuff like where we can just connect and love on each other. So... Mm-hmm. I guess you could say I'm a lover. I'm a big old fanatic for love. Mm. I am. No, that is juicy. <laughs> that is juicy. And in the honor of Tales from Motherhood, mm-hmm. what were some of your biggest moments, like aha moments or highlights, or even just walk us through what it was like finding out you were going to be one, what you expected versus what you got? <laughs> You know, like, walk us through that. And it's your time, sis, so take your time. Girl. Okay, I can take my time. Cool. <laughs> wow. Um, We were planning a girls' trip to Hawaii, my friends and I, my girls from um, undergrad. And it was so funny because we had been, you know, bogged down with finals and we're planning and, you know, we're trying to get 
the ticket money together and whatnot. And all of a sudden, in the middle of packing, literally, I was like, hey, hmm, something's missing. <laughs> Maybe I should get this checked out. <laughs> So when you did, I made an appointment for maybe the next day. No, that was like a Friday. So it was Monday morning. I went into this clinic and I didn't know how quickly these clinics operate or whatever they do. Right. So I'm sitting there going, I can't be pregnant. There's no way. But let me just make sure, you know, everything's in the right place or whatever. And so um, as soon as I filled up the little form, this lady just shoves a cup in my face. And I wasn't really cognizant of the process. I don't know. I was already 31 and I was tripping, but I was just like in denial in my head. So she gives me the cup. I fill the cup. And before I could sit down, <laughs> I heard her say, um, I don't know why she said it out loud though, but all of a sudden I heard your due date is January 20th. What? My, my mind, that's exactly what my mind did. What? <gasps> I don't even know what a due date is. What are you talking about? <laughs> Dude, for what? Oh my god. No, that's where I was. My head was not and it was <laughs> it was the weirdest feeling because I honestly thought she was gonna be like, nope, we can keep going. So I turned around, I'm looking confused, right? Because she said it <laughs> and then she kept on going. Oh my god. And so we <laughs> in the free clinics. <laughs> she had a lot of people to take care of. I ain't mad at her. But it was hilarious because she's walking away and I'm just I'm still in that mindset and just looking confused. What do they? I said it over and over in my head, do they? And I must have said it out loud at one point because then the lady behind me was like, "Girl, your baby is coming January 20th. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Baby, oh my gosh, she said I'm pregnant." She said, "Yes, she did." <laughs> do you need to sit down? <laughs> I was like, yes, <laughs> and, and I just started laughing because I was like, "What? I can really be pregnant?" Because I had, I guess I thought that I couldn't get pregnant but in my mind I really had thought that when doctors would say that I wouldn't receive it I would say no you're not God I'm gonna have a baby one of these days mm. so when I went to check it hadn't been long after one of those conversations so I wanted Hawaii more at the moment than to be pregnant so I was like mm -mm, just go check to see maybe some kind of something that I can get an antibiotic for whatever whatever mm -hmm. and I'm gone going getting on the plane mm -mm. <laughs> so um when I finally came to you know reality with it I was excited for the most part and that. scared though because I was in a relationship that wasn't healthy and so mm -hmm. although he was happy at first we were both happy for the most part, again, but we knew that we were going to fight an uphill battle because we had some issues in our relationship. Mm -hmm. And so um, that was the part that was scary. Once I decided, okay, or realized that I was pregnant, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily joy and bliss and all that. It was just, wow, this is going to be a big responsibility, but I want to do this. But am I going to do it as a single mom or are we actually going to get married and go through with this? Like we you know, talked about, but we were in two different places. So we didn't, we didn't decide that we actually broke up right around, whew, um, we broke up 
around seven months, well, not seven months pregnant. But if I can, I'd like to go back to how um, my pregnancy evolved. Mm. It was um, on the third third month, um, all of a sudden I felt some pain and went in and basically I was told that the baby had a 50-50 chance of survival. They didn't give me much other information, just they didn't know why, but they just saw that um, she had been in distress and that was it. So basically I should go home and rest and we'll see what happens was basically what they said. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Okay. So before finding out you were pregnant, doctors told you you couldn't have a baby. Yes. Now you're pregnant. They're telling you that you may not even conceive this child. May not give birth. Mm -hmm. Give birth. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. They said 50-50. And that blew my mind. That was like, no, y'all don't know. God, stop it. And they um, talked about having me go to a, what do they call it? Um, when you're over, I guess, I don't know, 20-something having a baby. Um, because of my age, they call me high risk. That's the term. I was considered mm. high risk. So between the third month and the fifth month, I hadn't decided, or they hadn't decided, we hadn't decided together that that was going to be the plan. So around five months the checkup revealed that my baby hadn't grown so then they sent me over to the high-risk um OB and um that was devastating I cried and at that point would have been the opportune time to check on my mental health but they did not there was no screening no questions although I was crying to the nurse she looked at me kind of gave a half smile went on about her business so there was no mental screening nothing like you know how are you coping throughout the week you know what are your thoughts nothing like that not ever so wait this was how um far along were you this was five months five months yes man so you had to carry a child and carry those emotions at the same time yeah absolutely god it was yeah, it was rough. I went on bed rest. They put me on bed rest from that point. So I had been working. I think I quit my job between three and five months when they were saying, you know, that she, I needed to rest. And mm-hmm. it wasn't bed rest necessarily, but they were giving me 50-50. And I thought, well, I can't be up on, you know, the four or five every day trying to get to work. So let me just make sure she's okay. <laughs> we're going to figure the rest out after she comes right. and gets here. Right. So that's what I did. Then um, that was five months. So by the grace of God, I was able to just stay on bed rest and that helped her to to develop. And she was two and a half weeks late. So I was pregnant almost 10 and a half months. <laughs> she got really cozy in there. So then as I was giving birth, I remember using um using the bathroom before they had me lay down and I wiped and it was black. It was black, like tar black and I screamed and I just didn't know what that was. So the nurse's response made me realize that it was something that was um concerning. Mm. So when when they got me on the monitors and stuff, um I remember the pain being 
excruciating. So I closed my eyes for what felt like a second or two. But I, when I opened them, there was maybe eight or nine doctors in the room and they looked frantic. And they're doing all kinds of stuff, weren't saying anything to me. And um, it turns out later on, I found out that McCubicum, the fluid in the um, sac had spilled and got into my baby's system. And they were trying to make sure she wasn't impacted by that. Wow. So she Wow, hold on, hold okay. on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You went from three months, 50-50 chance, five months, baby was not growing, to yeah. now baby is coming out after her due date. Mm-hmm. I, wow. Yeah, it was two weeks, two almost two and a half weeks actually. Almost two and a half weeks. Like that right there is such a blessing. And then to be in labor and then this. Yes. She was meant to be here. She really was. She was clearly meant to be here. Like mm-hmm. well, she beat the odds during her pre- during your pregnancy. <laughs> well, look, both of y'all beat the odds during your pregnancy. Right? Exactly. That's God. Because um wow. that's what I did. I pray. I talked to God more than I have ever talked to him in my whole existence. And so when I I didn't exactly know how dangerous that situation was at her birth. It wasn't mm-hmm. until I spoke to a coworker whose best friend had the same experience. And we had our babies around the same time. And she mm-hmm. was sharing that the baby had lost his vision in both eyes and had some cognitive delays that they didn't, that weren't obvious at the time, but they didn't know how much it would impact him later on. Mm-hmm. And she said that, you know, it was just devastated because they didn't understand how how um, harmful, you know, that situation was. And so when I told her, wow, wait, you, you tell me like you're talking about what I went through. And I explained to her, she goes, oh, my God, and your baby's okay? And I was like, well, yeah. Wow. So, man. How did that make you feel? Not like to compare, but just for reference. Like, how did that make you feel knowing that that was something that could have done harm? Mm. and it didn't it felt like a miracle like I knew that she was meant to be here I don't know how I knew but early on I knew and Mm. I knew we were gonna have to fight Mm. and so it just felt like this was another one of those fights that we overcame Mm. you know Mm. I know you hug your baby tight Extra, oh like you just give her that extra. She, she like, ma, get off of me. You like, mm-hmm. you don't understand. Like, <laughs> she does. I, I was in labor for fifteen hours. I can hold you as long as I want. <laughs> wow, Karen, have you given yourself like, have you ever like patted yourself on the back for overcoming just that alone? That's interesting. I've never heard anyone ask that. I didn't. I didn't think it was anything out of the ordinary mamas are gonna fight for their babies mama bear i think that's it no absolutely i think it's just because i'm in the spirit of like celebrating myself even overlook as something that we're (laughs) supposed to do it's just like you're right it is something that we are supposed to do as moms but 
I still deserve to feel good that I that's overcame true. a lot of the obstacles. That's true. And it probably isn't, that wasn't the right word supposed to. It's just something we do, I guess. Right. But I think you're right about celebrating. I don't do that as much as I should because, and there's another one should, but I really felt like, wow, this is my responsibility. This is what God chose me to do for this world. Mm-hmm. You know? And it was hard. It was hard. It wasn't um, what you see on commercials when, you know, the lady's hair is all cute and her little white dress and she got the baby in her arms and they're just smiling for the cameras. That wasn't my reality. And I don't think that's a lot of women's realities, actually. No, I understand. Would you? What would you say to that woman who was carrying your child and that version of you, I should say, mm-hmm. what would you say to her now if you could speak to her as if she was somebody walking in to your program telling you this story? What would you say to her? Wow. Sit down. Put your feet up. How can I serve you? What are you feeling? Mm. What do you need to feel better? Mm. How can I serve you? What do you need to feel better? Mm. Just compassion. Mm. You know, just love and compassion. Mm-hmm. You know, the first of the spirit, basically. Let's, you know, be kind to each other, love on each other, because bringing another human to the planet, to this world, is exhausting. It takes every bit of your energy. I was about to cuss, but <laughs> never mind. <laughs> but I used the wrong word earlier. A cuss could slip out your mouth. I'll be fine. <laughs> no, it really does because it takes up mm-hmm. everything. Your calcium. I lost how many inches when Elijah was born? Um, I was 5'7 um, up until pregnancy. And because I wasn't taking enough calcium, I'm. I was after that five six and a quarter something like that so yeah. she took the bone from the calcium because that's what babies do they need it so we get the we get the reserve or the extra all the nutrients go to them because they're growing no. so it's it's no easy task at all no it's not and you deserve and we as mothers really do deserve to be recognized for what we naturally do because of what, what comes with that responsibility. Right, right. It's bigger than Mother's Day. You know what I mean? I think mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just to make you laugh, one of my girlfriends on my son's birthday, because he was my firstborn, mm-hmm. every year it's always like happy, happy mommy anniversary. Right. So- <laughs> That's beautiful. No, that is beautiful. It really is, though. But Mm -hmm. it is my anniversary because that was when a rebirth occurred. It was no longer just about myself. Right. You know, so it is a birthday. It was just a rebirth. Mm -hmm. That's true. Mm -mm. I did that for the first couple years of Elijah's life, too. It was my birthday, too. We're going to celebrate this. Now, that's Mm -hmm. awesome. I know you mentioned how, like, around that time, you wished that instead of the nurse just doing a little weak smile, that they offered you a psych evaluation. Um, when you said that, what do you think that could have prevented? Well, 
It's not a full psych evaluation. It's basically an assessment. That's maybe five questions. Right. How long have you felt, um, we'll say, if I answered, um, I've been feeling sad. How long have you been feeling sad? Eight days, you know, 20 days, something like that. Um, What would I have wanted? Is that the question? Yes. Um, What would you have wanted and what do you think that could have Mm. prepared you for or prevented that's good I would have wanted like I said compassion mm-hmm. kindness um some some love basically mm-hmm. um what would that have prevented I would have probably opened up and told her said to her how I wasn't sure of what I was doing I mean I was doing what they said to do taking all the you know the prenatals I was trying to do my walks around the block kind of thing but it just all never seemed enough so am I doing something is there something else I can do Mm -hmm. in addition to what you know I've been told to do what I've read in the you know the baby books I used to play music on my tummy I would do the um you know back then we had hit what do you call those um, not Bluetooth, but the Walkmans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, before your time. <laughs> so I would strap that around the, my stomach and just, you know, play Mozart or whatever that I would do for my preschoolers in my in my work. So she likes music. She's a great singer. So I would have wanted them to to just ask the questions. How are you? How's your heart? Are you sleeping well? What can we do to help you feel better? And that's what I want to give to moms now that are pregnant, prenatal moms. Prenatal and postpartum, actually. But that's important because there's so much going on physically and psychologically at this time of, you know, rebirth and birthing a baby. No, that is true. That is true, Um that's so true because all we know there's a lot of chemical changes, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We just forget to take into consideration how it can help. I mean, how it can impact our emotions, mm-hmm. our sense. And then we're talking that during pregnancy. Yeah. But then there's the possibility of postpartum. I think the reason, why, mm-hmm. the reason why I asked that specifically for me was like, if they would have caught that during pregnancy, do you think um, it could have alleviated the postpartum experience? Because I didn't have that issue um, during pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was kind of curious to ask. It could have. There's a good chance it would have. Okay. You know? Because if you know what um, what the issue is, there's usually a treatment. And, and perinatal, while you're pregnant, um, depression is treatable like any other type of depression. You, they would connect you to um, a really good therapist, um, maybe cha- um, talk about your food intake, maybe reduce your sugar intake because the, the chemicals sometimes have different um, side effects when you're taking prenatal and different things. Mm. So that would have could have been an easy fix, you know? Right. But a lot of times we're on our own to figure out what to do. Um, eating is a very big part of pregnancy, obviously, but we don't seem to put a lot of information. We don't get a lot of information from um, our OBGYNs, at least not 
in the um, research that I've done, it doesn't seem to be one of their priorities right now, or had been. So um, not to put any of them down, they're fabulous. Most of them do this with good intention. They want to do good. So um, did I answer your question? No, you did. And you don't even have to check in. You're doing more than answering my question. (laughs) uh, When you said, like, they don't talk about diets either, I'm, like, thinking in my mind, like, you know what? You're right, because the emphasis... I wanted to eat um, healthy and watch what I put in my mm-hmm. body. And I remember they were like, no, eat as much as you can to gain weight, to make room for the child. Mm-hmm. So, And not to, like you said, put anybody down. It's just like, you know, planting seeds. Mm-hmm. These are things that I didn't, these are food for like food of thoughts or however you say it, that I didn't have the privilege of knowing. But I hope this does help a new mom or a person who's thinking about having kids things right. to take into consideration because you know they may not ask you but now you're kind of aware of what to look out for in yourself right well that's the biggest thing the increasing in awareness because right. we don't talk about it uh, and you know because of the stigma I suppose right. we we want to act like it's you know it's not that bad and everybody gets over it um, but there are levels of of postpartum depression, just like there are levels of any other type of um, mental condition, you know? And if we catch it early, there's always more than 90% of the time, there's something that you can do that depends on what your history is, you know? But there's always a way that you can at least make a dent in the the way way your outcomes uh, manifest. Uh, no, you're absolutely right. I wanted to ask you, um, so what, we know what gave birth to your beautiful, amazing child, but what gave birth to postpartum depression exposed? Oh, well, how much time do you have? <laughs> I love, okay. you know, I just love how we were respecting each other. Like, how much time do you have? Did I ask you a question? This is really dope. I don't usually talk like this. This is good. <laughs> Okay, cool. Well, but I do have time. I do okay, have time. I'm glad you have time. <laughs> I'll give me the, the version that's not as, um, well, I'll, I'll just flow with it. Holy Spirit, come on. <laughs> We're bearing with you. Do you need us to pray over you? No, no, I'm okay. You okay? Good. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, though. That's cool. Well, postpartum depression exposed was birthed from my pain, one woman's pain. Mm-hmm. I had a an incident of postpartum psychosis, postpartum psychosis. I didn't know that was even a condition. I didn't know that was something that a pregnant woman should be aware of. I had no idea. And even though I had worked with babies, infants, and toddlers, most of my career had been doing that for probably 10 years around the time I had my daughter. Mm -hmm. I had never heard of it. I don't know why. But it maybe it was shocking to me once I figured out what was going on. But let me wait, back wait. Up. hold on, hold on. Postpartum psychosis? Yes. Hold on. All I know is postpartum depression, and I learned from my experience postpartum anxiety. Mm-hmm. What is postpartum psychosis? Postpartum psychosis is the third level of depression where you are removed from reality. Your mind is outside of reality you hear it's um sometimes associated with delusional thinking 
hearing voices, hearing um, yeah, different types of voices with um, a command usually is attached to that, to the voices telling you to do something. So it's mostly delusional thinking and it's very, very dangerous, very dangerous. And if anyone knows of anyone that's dealing with that, you need to call 911 right away because it's imperative that they get help, they get treated right away. Mm. Wow, something, this is brand new for me. I apologize for um, no, no. interrupting. I just I just wasn't familiar with the um, term. So no, no, continue on your story. And I appreciate the call to action that you mentioned here too. Um, yeah, I'm sorry about that. No, you- don't apologize. Thank you for bringing that up because I didn't know what it was until 14 years after. And so I'm glad you brought it up because I forgot to even say, okay, this is what it is or, you know, it isn't. So thank you for bringing it up. I just need a sip of water really quick. So um, when I was seven, no, my daughter, Alija, was seven months. I woke up feeling a different level of anxiety or sadness I don't think it was anxiety honestly for me it seemed like it was just another sad day but it felt like I was having a hard time just doing the day-to-day stuff Mm because normally I can do it even if I'm having one of those sad days mechanically just get things done but that day I just woke up without any energy plus the sadness so I was like okay we're gonna go to the beach so usually the thing we do when when I just feel I need to recharge or just sit and pray. And I love being at the water. I love the sun. So that was our norm. But this time we went and um, as I was driving, I didn't feel any different. I was just excited to get there. So we get there. I'm strapping her in into her um, stroller and um, started pushing down this, you know, the walkway or whatever, the trail, walking trail. And all of the blue, all of a sudden, just heard push the stroller into the rocks and see what happens. Push the stroller into the rocks. And, I, and it repeated. So initially, I looked around like, who was saying that? Who the hell is doing that? Because there's a lot of people walking around. And then I thought, is that in my head or is that what? That can't be my head. So I kept on in the same direction for maybe another two or three steps. Then it got louder and louder like a command push the stroller over the rocks, push the stroller over the rocks. And I screamed as loud as I could, no. Mm. And I turned around and I ran. I started, I remember feeling tears were like hot coming down my face. And I mm-hmm. saw this lady look at me, we made eye contact, but she looked at me like she was afraid or something. I don't know. I don't know. I can't even say what she looked like. I just remember being like in a space where I just had to run and I didn't know what to do because I never, I didn't know what it was. Mm. But I knew what I heard. Mm. And I knew the voice of God. So I knew that wasn't God. So I ran to safety, which was my car. So I just ran, strapped her in her car seat. I was shaking. And I remember taking long. It felt like forever to get those two pieces to click, right? Oh, my God. I'm shaking and trying to get them to click. And finally, when I did, I just kind of breathe. And I'm crying, sobbing. And she's looking at me. And... I don't know how long it was in between, but I remember looking up at her, looking at her and just sitting next to her and she was asleep. 
like a fully peaceful sleep. I just looked at it and I was, oh my God. And I turned my head and I saw the how close we were to the Pacific Ocean. Oh my God. We were steps, steps from the ocean. I don't go to that place that often anymore. I'm not in the area, but I remember when she got her first job, it was right there, same place, same parking lot. And I drove by and I was like, oh my God, Jesus, you are so good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for real. Oh my God. So yeah, I wasn't able to drive home initially right away. I just sat there and watched her sleep and I cried. I just cried Mm -hmm. and I just called out to God. I don't even remember a full prayer. It was just, oh God, oh God, I need you. Basically. Mm -hmm. So um, I drove home. Didn't know, you know how you drive on autopilot? I don't know how I got home that day, but we got home safe. I unbuckled her, got her in the house, and I kind of just shoved her into my mom's arms, and I was starting to cry again. And I said, "Please help me take, just take her, just take her. I don't want to, I don't want to hurt her." And my mom looked at me, and she just said, "You need to sleep." I don't know what that meant then to her. I think she must have seen, or she was familiar with whatever I was going through, but didn't have the words to comfort me. Mm-hmm. So that's all she said was, "You need to sleep." And so that's what I did. And we never spoke of it. And thank God I never heard those voices again. I didn't go into therapy. I didn't talk to anybody because I was really afraid that they would take her from me. Somebody would take her. That, wow. Yeah, it was, um, it was intense. And then I went back to work about 10, she was seven months. I was about two, three months after that, I went back to work. And what was interesting about um, what I was now charged to do was work with moms of infants and toddlers. Well, infants, mm. mostly this time. Mm-hmm. And they looked the way I felt. They, you can feel their pain. I could feel their pain. I could see it in their eyes. And I didn't know how to help them. Mm. So that hurt. That was scary for me because I know they had to have been going through if not the same or similar situations and not know how to express it because I didn't know how to express it and that really bothered me for a long time that there's still moms out there that don't have the words to express how painful that situation of postpartum depression or postpartum psychosis can be because we don't know we haven't normalized it in our society in our communities Mm-mm. We have not. I'm over here still speechless. Wow. And it's crazy because it's like, I know you told me the story before, you know, during our text, mm-hmm. but hearing it today is just, it's just like, wow. I think, I think the part that maybe got me thinking more like, wow, is mm-hmm. knowing you experienced it. But um, now finding out that it took you 14 years later to find out what it actually was. And then on top of that, the fact that even if you wanted to seek help at that time, you couldn't, essentially, because they may have taken your baby. Right, right. You know what I mean? Right. And that's so sad. That is very sad. That's But that's the reality women face today. When I was doing my... um research 
14 years later, like you said, I ran across a young woman who self-disclosed. She called and said, I'm having these symptoms similar to mine. They took her baby, gave it to the paternal grandmother, and eventually adopted him out. And all she was trying to do was to get help so she could take care of her baby because she loved her baby. But she had to surrender him. So it still happened today. This was, wasn't that long ago. This was probably five years ago, if not less than that. But it's still going on. And there's a deep history to that. I don't think we have quite enough time to go there. But it's reality for a lot of families, especially marginalized Black communities. Your baby will get taken based on someone's whim sometimes, which is sad, which is very sad and tragic. It is tragic because, I mean, essentially at that moment when you are mentally in that place, you know, like you did, K-Ma, take the baby because you don't want to hurt them, right? Mm -hmm. It's like we essentially we're not safe for our child at that mental capacity. Right. But at least give us the opportunity to have our child back when we are you know what I mean exactly and and that's I mean even like you mentioned now now I understand why you were like even if they showed me some compassion some something it wouldn't have been built up since pregnancy right and that's the thing it's a trust issue Mm. you know because um historically there's just so many different um, this, um, issues around disparity in, in the way Black women are treated in the medical and maternal mental health systems. Mm. So it makes it a little, it makes it harder to um, to trust and to be vulnerable with them sometimes. Man. I'm saying this because this is my story, but they're not, We I don't want to pigeonhole and say everybody is like that because it's not, that's not the case. We just have a lot of work to do in this area of of um, addressing a disparity. You know what I mean? No, and I understand. And and wow, like you, no, I, girl, I'm losing words. And that's not normal for me. <laughs> <laughs> I may use wrong words differently or whatever, but losing it here. I know. <laughs> I know. But- because it's a really tough topic it's to talk really about, you know. Tough. It's hard because it's it tugs at your heart. First it of does. All, you know? That's what's happening. Yeah. It's like I have so much to. Well, for one, wow. Thank you for sharing. You know what I'm saying. Thank you for You're being welcome. bold enough to share. Thank you for having enough courage to share. Thank you for your child, too, because oh my God. I can't imagine being your child who experienced that. You know what I'm saying? And for her to mm. even have the grace and the acceptance of knowing, like, I was that child. But, Mom, I know your calling is bigger. Bigger. Thank you for that. Tell your, mom, I mean, tell your daughter. Make sure she knows that we <laughs> appreciate her for that. And, Aww, wow, thank sweet. you for knowing God's voice. Thank you for knowing the difference because, you know, it made me think about some of the mom, like some articles sometimes you read where mm-hmm. the moms did certain things to their kids. And right. we were, I know me, I, I can't, I'm not going to sit there and play like I'm innocent, like, oh, I had compassion initially. But initially when I saw it, 
before I had kids, I thought, wow, these, this is crazy. This is so hurtful. Mm-hmm. And then when I had, um, when I was pregnant, that was one of the reasons why I was scared of postpartum. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. what can we do to put this awareness, awareness out there? And of course, like it just reaffirms my text message, like, please continue your movement because it's 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 needed and it's 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 required and I wow (laughs) you know thank you for saying that thank you for all that that's encouraging because the fact that no one is talking about it well not no one I can't say no one that there's not there's not there are not enough conversations to make impact and change the current circumstances right we have oh gosh I was, um, I've spoken maybe five or 10 times within the last four years at different, um, different events, different, um, mostly sponsored by Maternal Mental Health Now. That's the organization where I was volunteering. I volunteered and I still am um, associated with them. But I want to take this into the churches. I want to take this information into, you know, different spaces that aren't, generally where we talk about it because it's something that needs to happen we have to continue the conversations we're having the conversations but are we understanding not even understanding are we making space for women Mm. to come out and say yeah that was me too how do we Mm. help other women you know what I mean you know that's a true fact like seriously because when you kept saying conversations I'm like I I I I agree with you. We need to have conversations and I hope that it also like has a ripple effect to mm-hmm. impact right. safe space to resources, oh. you know, and not resources only to people who have funds resources right. to people who don't, exactly. you know, because exactly. they still deserve an opportunity to get help and to, yes, absolutely. It's, it's wow. To and that, that support, right to have that support i'm sorry excuse my passion (laughs) no no that's beautiful because that's what we need though honestly because we seem to um like for me it's a hard conversation to have it's never an easy you know time but i try to lighten it with some of the the cute stories in between you know the set first seven months of um leader's life but i still feel I don't want to say necessarily resistance, but mm-hmm. when I bring up the topic, you should see some of the looks I get. <laughs> like I've gone to my own church and, you know, just ask ladies, well, you know, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm trying to get um, off the ground. And I get looked like, why are you doing that? Or just silence. And then they walk away. You know what's crazy about that? When... It's not, it's not, it's not your approach, sis. Let me tell you, I remember when I was pregnant, a woman and she, and God bless her heart because, you know, she meant well. Mm-hmm. I remember like when one of my biggest fears was having postpartum and they told mm-hmm. me to pray about it. That's not something I need to worry about. I just mm-hmm. pray about it and mm-hmm. I'll be fine. And although, you know, prayer did help, yeah, but you know it helped. But if I couldn't make the connection with God, because my my mental density, mm-hmm. I'll say at that moment, 
um, then it, I needed more than prayer. Mm-hmm. You need something in addition to, yeah. In addition to, not mm-hmm. to replace. Right, right. And then it was another thing that came to my mind was Bible studies this week, or was it, um, no, it was probably a sermon mm-hmm. where the pastor was saying, like, you know, God gave them the gift to help you clear your mind so you mm-hmm. could connect back with him, right? Like, mm-hmm. yes, it's an addition. It's not a replacement. Right. I think I think sometimes, um, I think, I, I wish they opened up, you know, their minds and their heart a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when people can't relate, they, they just don't have the capacity or the patience to right. hear what you have to say. I, mm-hmm. I When I saw postpartum, I thought of me. And that's mm-hmm. what made me want to, like, what can I do to support? You know, like, I appreciate I that so much. Because it's a hard topic, like I'm saying, you know, it's, it's not easy. And I think a lot of people would rather forget mm-hmm. and then just move on, right? Because it's such a painful time. Right. And I don't think they mean that in a way, like, I'm not going to help anyone else. It's just, that was just so devastating. I don't want to remember that. Right. You know? And we can understand that. Yeah, Real quick, just based on your experience, what mm-hmm. would you tell a mom? from and you can go into the pregnancy or even to the postpartum experience Mm -hmm. what would be a couple of your recommendations for a new mom who may be silently suffering you know Mm -hmm. or may not be getting the resources or even being asked those questions what would you tell her I would tell her to to consider getting attached to some sort of support group prenatal or um, prenatal or postpartum depending on where she is in her pregnancy Mm -hmm. and to um, to try to if she doesn't have a support system establish one Mm. because that's going to be essential because after you're give after you've given birth you're going to need someone to to help you to mother you in a sense while you learn to mother your baby Mm. and sometimes you get the, what they would call initially the first phase of postpartum depression was the baby blues and mm. if the um what the literature is saying is if it goes past three weeks then you can consider that depression and you want to go get that look at you want to find somebody who can give you an assessment so Thanks. i'm sorry go ahead no i was just saying thank you you can continue <laughs> So basically, surround yourself by people you trust, people that love you enough to notice a red flag and speak on it. Because sometimes we don't see our actions or we don't see what we're doing because we're trying so hard to to fix things, to be the fixer or to try to, you know, like, during the last phase of pregnancy, you're nesting generally. So you're trying to get the room together. You're trying to get all the clothes together, washed and, you know, set aside and pack your bags. So you might be moving faster than you normally would. So there are things you may miss in your own behavior. Mm-hmm. And a support system, your husband, your mother, your friends would pick up on that for the most part. But really, it's, it's, a really, it's really essential to surround yourself with people that you know love you regardless of whatever you know 
I appreciate that a lot. And um, I know you have postpartum depression exposed. How can mothers, women, anybody, some people may just want to support, some people probably need it for themselves. How -hmm. can they get in contact with you? My website is postpartumdepressionexposed.com. Okay. And I'm Karen Flores 733 on Instagram. Awesome sauce. And to add to that as well, she will be on the talk show this week. Uh, I will give you the date. Let me just pull up the calendar because my mind does not service me well. (laughs) May 19th, she will be on the talk show answering um, questions if there's anything Karen that you kind of feel like you might have missed during this episode too that is your opportunity as well I feel like we I honestly personally feel like I need to go and pray because I felt grateful that Mm -hmm. you even considered saying yes to speaking about this on my platform I know you've done it many times you know what I mean but I just know and I just man I'm grateful I'm grateful because of the impact I'm grateful because of the story but I'm grateful because of the outcome too like look at you still standing (laughs) And look at your child still standing. Some people's good. stories are not that. And I yeah. pray for them as well. Right. But I don't know. I just feel like a burst of gratitude for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. And I want to marinate in that. I'm not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do. I do. Mm-hmm. Wow. I Thank really do. But yeah, I think about that a lot. Because one of the. Um, one of the reasons that. I can't not do this mm-hmm. is um, there was a mom that lived about two miles from me. She took her life and her baby's life in 2017. Oh my God. And oh my God, it made, it just was, it was just the saddest thing to know that we were that close in proximity. I had this information. So I have to not let, well, I'm not saying I take the blame for that, but I just, dislike the fact that I have all this information and it's just sitting in my laptop and that's not how God intended so there are people that I need to serve so thank you for pushing me towards that service because it's not easy but it's something that I know I need to do and I'm feeling more excited about it now than ever but I have seen a lot of women who have um, horrible outcomes Mm -hmm. you know so, and it's preventable, completely preventable in most cases. If they knew what they knew. Right, right. Or if they knew what we know now. Yeah. It's all about information sharing. It's all about um, community awareness, building up the awareness, because we have um, been given a platform. We've been given a voice for people who don't currently have their voice or feel their voice so I feel like it's our responsibility like iron sharpen iron right amen we have to take care of each other we do we do um before we wrap this up 
I do offer an open mic session to all moms. Mm. And, um, you know, the hip hop culture, if we was on like a rap uh, radio station, you would have to freestyle. But in, <laughs> <laughs> in Tales from Motherhood, we like to offer parents the opportunity to do an open letter to their child. Oh, my God. That's cool. Yeah. So you can yeah. say, dear, and okay. you add her name uh-huh. and you send her your heart. <laughs> wow. That's cool. I love that. Okay, dear Alija. Ooh, girl. <laughs> we have been through the fire, but we're out and we're there's no smoke smell. We're good. We're we're good. Um congratulations. You graduated college. Oh my god, my baby is grown grown. <laughs> What do I say to that girl? It's just amazing to get to this point in your life. You are the most incredible human being, one of the most incredible in this world. I used to say, you're the most beautiful, gifted, incredible human being on the planet. And you still are. It's just <sighs> amazing to be chosen and be your mom. Mm. So I guess that makes me pretty incredible too, right? <laughs> <laughs> so you're one of the most incredible. <laughs> I love you with all my heart. And I'm so thankful to God that he used me to be your mom. That's the biggest part. Just woof. Mm. He chose me, Karen, just little Karen from Long Beach, to be this woman's mom who is changing the world mm. so thank you for forgiving me for all the times I didn't show up as a healthy mom but I love you and I've always loved you no matter what it looked like peace out I would drop the mic right there <laughs> I would drop the mic right there boom Right. Yes, man. I love it. And I know she's gonna love it too. Oh, I didn't know that part was there. That is so cool. I know you I told you I was gonna keep that to myself, girl. You did see there was a surprise. That's a good surprise. Dang. Girl. How did you come up with that? I like that. I did it. We yeah. should be talking offline about it, but I don't mind. <laughs> so I did that for Tales from Fatherhood last year and I decided that I was gonna incorporate it in Tales from Motherhood. And yeah. still continue it to um from Let's Hear From Dad series. But I love the open letter concept to your kids because mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, we get so busy, mm-hmm. you know. Right. We get so busy throughout the day of just doing. Mm-hmm. And when you have the opportunity to say something, just say it. Yeah. And they'll have it forever since it's going to be something that they can listen to. They don't even have to listen to the whole podcast. They could just cut that part out. And they'll always have your voice. So really? I think, it, yeah, I That's think it's, I think I thought it was a great idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my God. I've never seen that before. That's really cool. And it's so special. And now it's what mother's day in a couple of days. So yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, from the time that we recorded, but not the time that it's going to be published. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> you can take the card out. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. They're going to get all of this. <laughs> no, but um, what a I was gift. 
<laughs> I like well, you know what? Happy Mother's Day to you. Yeah, you have the you. opportunity. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I'm so I'm so excited about this episode. And I really do appreciate you sharing your heart with us. And I really pray. I really pray this this message goes to you know, so you know how sometimes God is like, Oh, I'm asking you to do this because he knows other people's prayers. I hope mm-hmm. the person who's been praying you know what I'm saying? Right. Receives this. Receives yeah. it. Please don't reject it. Please don't reject it. Even if it's just a good seed planted and you don't mm-hmm. know what to do, just let it be a seed for now. Right. It's okay. You That's don't have to know it. You don't have to know it all right now. Just know that you know something. And that's right. enough. And just knowing that you're not alone. There are people you can reach out to. Yes. Is there anybody you you would like to dedicate this episode to? Oh, that's a good question. To Alicia. And uh, you know what? And to um, Charlene, the young lady that um, took her life in 2017. Mm. She was a graphic designer and she was a stay-at-home mom, stay-at-home mom. And um, if I could share a little bit about her, um, she had psychosis, postpartum psychosis. She had had conversation with her husband telling him she wanted to do like a, she had in her mind to do a family um, escape, like to end it off for the entire time at once. And she, um, um, was you know under medication she had been I don't want to get all into the story but um she was loved and she loved her family so um even though there were um preventative measures taken you know she still chose in her psychosis to end her life and I just would like to honor her as a mom that loved her children loved her husband and would have done anything to to help the situation. And in her mind, she thought that was the right thing to do. So I just pray that her son and her husband are okay. And um, I haven't checked on them in a long time, but I was I had the opportunity to meet them and meet the, the husband. And I promised them that I would do what I can to increase awareness so this doesn't have to continue. Um, that's wow. basically it I just um, I think about her every time I speak because she she's one of the voiceless moms that I feel like we're called to speak up for mm-hmm. mm. no I appreciate that I really do appreciate that Definitely keeping her family in prayers. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to share my heart and to share her story as well as my own. Mm. Now, thank you for being obedient. I appreciate that. I usually do an outro, guys. You know me. I'm queen outro. I'm queen (laughs) dedication. But after that dedication, after that outro... I'm just going to end it off and encourage us all to just 
express compassion to each other because you never mm-hmm. know with that person who may seem crazy, who may seem deranged is actually going through. Exactly. And also prayer works. Mm-hmm. So even if you feel like you don't have the capacity or have the resources or the tools, prayers is still a tool. Yes. You have God help. Two words. God help. Amen. All right. We're going to let this go. Have a great rest of your Sunday. I don't know what day you guys decide to listen to, but I hope you enjoy <laughs> your day. Um, and yes, make sure you, yeah, make sure you feel Make sure you still remain humble and you feel good about who you are, where you are, because, man, it's lucky to still be like we're lucky to still be alive, man. It's crazy. Certain things we take for granted. Amen. All right. Thank you, Karen. Again, you you enjoy yourself, too. Thank you. You did the same. Thank you for this opportunity. again. No, no problem.